Is it recording now? One must not get one's knickers in a twist. I'm trying. These are the stories your granny never told. Clint Eastwood loved my apple pie. I was raising a cow and 50 sheep and two chips. I slipped upon some spilled onions on the road and crashed my motorbike. Hello, and welcome to this month's episode of Stories Your Granny Never Told. I am Nikki, your host, and I'm slightly late, but it doesn't matter, because this week I interviewed Allison Sheridan, who is a blast. I actually had talked to her on one of my mini-series that I ran on DTNS, the Daily Tech News Show, where I'm now the official scientific correspondent, but I believe I said that last episode. Um, and I did a little mini-series called Seniors in Tech, and she was our first senior in tech, and we had so much fun that we decided to do a more long-form episode, and that's what you're getting today. But first, I have to thank Steve Lavery, who just wrote your show. Love it. Smiley face. And that was very pure. Uh, if you guys want to leave your really detailed feedback, you can email stories you granny never told at gmail.com, and you can find us at that same handle on all the social medias. But let's just dive into the episode. You know, if you want updates, you can follow me. And uh, if you just want to get straight to the meat, even though I'm a vegetarian, doesn't matter. Allison is a former very high-tech engineer who worked on one of the first editions of CAD, if you have used that software before. She tells us about going on an eclipse chasing cruise. Uh, the first internet video chatting ever like in the 90s that was fun um and we talk about tech predictions what we think works what we think doesn't work and in a really touching moment we explore her love for her grandchildren and allison is just the kind of person i just as we said just want to hug her next time i see her i hope i see her at the next con but without further ado here's allison sheridan Alrighty, will you give everybody your name and your age and your pronouns if you'd like? Oh, my age. Oh my gosh, so personal. You don't uh, have to. Is, you don't no, have I'm to. just kidding. My name's Allison Sheridan and I am 63 years old as of just recently. And uh, you know what? I've always gone uh, she, her, but I really like they, them because you can actually use it everywhere. Like if I tell you I went to the doctor today, if you the natural instinct is to say, well, what did he say? Well, why did yeah. you think it was a man? So what I always do is I say, what did she say? Just to be belligerent, make <laughs> people go, well, why did you think it was a woman? It's, well, I don't know. But if you just say they, what did they say? It works for everybody. And it's grammatically correct. Yeah, I, I keep yeah. trying to switch myself to doing that as much as I can remember to. I, I like those two to use them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, I'm trying to use they, them for everybody. But uh, I can go by she, she, her as well. All right. Thank you for the clarification. And we'll go ahead and <laughs> tell me where where everything began. Where were you born? <laughs> where are you from? I was born in uh, Detroit, in Michigan, In uh, uh, lived in a little town called Plymouth for five years, and then a little town called Northville for five years. Um, but I spent really my, my formative youth years on a boat in upper Michigan, uh, the upper part of lower Michigan. Uh, so in the mitten. Um, you were living on the boat? Well, my father was an avid sailor and uh, he kept the boat up in Michigan and he would drive six and a half hours each way every single weekend all summer 
so that he would go to work Monday through Friday and then be on his boat Saturday and Sunday and then drive back home again, just because wow. he loved sailing that much. That's but real my dedication, mom, yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom and my brother and I lived on the boat all summer. And okay. uh, but so all of my family vacations were on the boat. My mom always said, uh, if you can't get there by water, we haven't been there. <laughs> um, we eventually moved to Indiana. And I hope nobody lives in northern Indiana will take insult to this, but don't even slow the car down on the way by. It, it was so boring. I was 13 and I could tell it was dull. But now it, it was eight hours to the boat. And my Oof. dad finally got a job in California. And we, so we moved out when I got to uh, high school and uh, he had his boat 15 minutes away and that was oh, way more that and year round best. sailing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Oh, I, I also have a family of sailors, so I, I definitely understand the appeal. Oh, good, good. <laughs> and, uh, and so you talked a little bit in your, your like background info about how your parents have different lifestyles growing up and how it was like different to other people, you know, and how that influenced you. Well, or, yeah, the, the, the little note I say was, I found it interesting is um, my, my husband's parents are uh, very young and because he was the first child and he was born when his mother was only 20. My mom and dad were born when uh, my mom was 38 and my dad was 30, or 39. So mm. there's a whole extra generation in his family that I don't have. Yeah, uh, His grandmother was just a couple of years older than my mother. And so when I first met him, he had three living grandparents. Right, and okay. I lost my last grandparent when I was seven. So the, the age difference is interesting. But I was I was really intrigued by how they spent money. Uh, and that's the thing I was I was thinking about was I watched my my father. I was in a uh, parking lot at the high school in a rainstorm and I drove over a sweater. My dad got out of the car, put it in the trunk, took it home, washed it and wore it for years. <laughs> wow. Steve's parents have uh, always wore fabulous clothes. You know, they dressed really, really well, really nice, well-made, you know, outfits and things. Mm. And it was such a big contrast because I looked at the vacations and my parents, they went to uh, to Egypt and they went to Europe and they went to pet whales in Mexico and oh. they did all these exact Tahiti. And his parents went to Fresno for a vacation, you know, <laughs> and I just found it real interesting because neither one of them was wrong, mm -hmm. but it was interesting looking back and, and, and seeing both made me think about what did I want to do. Um, and I used to be a very stuff kind of, I'm still a stuff kind of person. I like stuff. Um, but it's my sister-in-law, <laughs> my sister-in-law said to me once, uh, she said, you know, stuff is fun, but then stuff goes away. But if you spend money on a vacation with your family, that memory is forever. Yeah. And I, I kind of started shifting my thought processes on that too. That's definitely a good way to think of things. I think maybe a balance of both. It's really easy to get swept away in the stuff until you kind of go somewhere where you don't need stuff and you're like, oh, <laughs> what was yeah. I doing all this for? <laughs> well, to, to give uh, the listeners a little bit of background, if they haven't listened to our other interview where I specifically talked to you about being a senior in tech, I, I couldn't find a, a better way to be descriptive about it without being insulting in any way, but... <laughs> that was the name of the series that we did on DTNS. Um, and you were our first interviewee. And you actually have a lot of opinions about senior in tech, as do I think many people. So I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, one of the things I, I probably my single biggest pet peeve phrase of everything anybody has ever said near me is so easy your mother could do it. 
Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, what is it about having birthed a child, brought a human into this world, made us morons? You know, I, yeah. that, <laughs> it really bothers me. But people say it all the time. And people often look at say, oh, you're old. You're not going to know about tech. It's it's really easy to That's the uh, mock older people that they're not going to know about tech. And I, I, I try to look at people as if I know a bunch about tech and they don't, I'm 100% certain there's a stuff they don't know anything about or they know about that I don't know anything about. I can't, you know, grow a rose. I don't, I don't, I, I can't hang a picture on the wall. I've never, <laughs> I've literally never done that, you know, other than tape. Um, <laughs> you know, there's just things I don't know how to do, but I'm really into tech. Um, and my favorite example of that is I have a, uh, a couple that are real good friends of mine. She's an ophthalmologist. That's mm-hmm. like a doctor, a real doctor. Yeah. And he's, and he's a district court judge. I don't know any two people on this planet who know less about tech than the two of them, but I'm, I'm like a goddess to them, right? Because I know everything and they call me up and, you know, ask me about a USB cable or whatever it is. Yeah, and meanwhile, they're super smart in their own domains. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they know quite a few things I don't know anything about. Um, but I, I started listening to people say, so easy your mother could do it. And uh, I was, it really, really bugged me. And then one day I heard a woman say it in, I was at the gym and I heard her refer to it was so easy. My mom could do it. And I, I had to break in on the conversation. So I'm, I'm really sorry, but I hear men say that all the time. Why would you of all people say that? And her answer was fascinating. She said, because my mom will try. My dad won't even try. Mm-hmm. And on fully anecdotal evidence there, I developed a whole new theory that that's why people say it is because mom is trying. And I thought back to my own mom and dad, my mom was in her nineties when she was, she would still call me up and ask questions about something she saw that was, was shown at CES. You know, wow. Allison, they got, they got a, they got a TV display out there that that's 14 millimeters thick. How on earth do they get power out of that thing? You know, uh-huh. um, she did gadget reviews for my show. She was terrible at it. Really, that's, really that's bad. Okay. But she, she loved it. <laughs> and my dad, on the other hand, was an engineer with, um, he had 12 patents and I wow. remember trying to help him use word perfect on his DOS PC once. And I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out something out for him. And he just freaked out and said, Allison, don't change anything. I know how this works. And I don't know. I don't want to learn anything else about it. I wonder, does this have to do with society, like assigning certain roles to women and to men, or is it your small sample size from just your parents or what? But uh, it yeah, is my definitely parents and the woman at the gym. And it's the woman at the gym. <laughs> it I is definitely to alienate an interesting all the concept. men listening as my goal here, you know. But, but you know, there's people who talk about brain, brain plasticity and, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm struggling with making sure that I don't ever do that. I mean, I am just constantly focused on trying to be accepting of change. Uh, I'm really into change in computing and technology, not so much in the rest of my life. My husband and I eat on a schedule. We eat the hey, same man. meal. I eat the, like every Monday has always been the same meal for One years. One last thing to think about. I think that's great. <laughs> exactly. Why spend energy on what do you want for dinner tonight? You know, it's Wednesday. It's going to be go chicken rice and broccoli. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, you you dedicate your time to the stuff that's actually fun to dedicate to. If you don't like cooking, then you don't have to worry about it. I think so. One of the things I thought of immediately when I, I saw the name of your show, uh, Stories Your Granny Never Told, a big joke in my family is I've told every story. <laughs> I repeat stories all the time. It's one of yeah, my- Yeah, but not to me, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a few years ago, my husband suddenly, we were at a party somewhere and I told a story and he went, you guys, 
I've never heard that story before. <laughs> this big deal. I mean, part of it is is because my grandparents tell the same stories over and over, but I want other people to hear them because they're still pretty great, even though every time, you know, the eye of the fish gets bigger and bigger and bigger, the, the <laughs> sorry, the size of the fish that you caught. But um, it's still a cool story. Every family has that one story where like, yeah, grandma's told it 60 times, but I'll listen to it one Let's more time. Let's hear it again. <laughs> I sure hope my family's like that. <laughs> yeah. So... You said that you had this story about Harry, who also has to do about seniors in tech. Yeah. So um, I met a guy, just interesting how I met him and how I became friends with him. I was at a, uh, my daughter's softball game when she was about, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, this friend of mine was helping this very elderly gentleman up into the stands and I asked her later, I said, is that your, your, your father, your grandfather? And she said, no, no, it's just my buddy, Harry he lives across the street. And so I started talking to him and uh, Harry passed away at 93 and uh, we became good friends. And he was, he was again, like my mom, really interested in technology. I remember sitting, watching a soccer game with him. He just like watching, watching kids, soccer and kids, uh, kids softball. And, uh, uh, we were chatting one time and he asked me to explain screen resolution to him. <laughs> You know, it's like, and and so it, it's fun to talk to somebody who doesn't have a background, and and try to figure out how to explain it because you you find out whether you actually understand it yourself if you try to explain something in terms they can understand. And um, he was he was always asking questions. He had a um, oh shoot, what was it called? It was this weird device you hooked up to a TV. It gave you access to the internet, and it was this hideous. Huh interface it was, but he was all over that email and his actually broke and uh and so i got i found him another one and installed it and set it up for him so he could keep uh, playing on the internet but uh he was he was definitely a case of i wanted to be hairy when i grew up you know oh that's awesome <laughs> so what led you to be such a major tech guru now like when you were a kid were you already fascinated about tech so tech didn't actually exist when i was well, a there kid. were other kinds of tech well, not so much. <laughs> it wasn't just rocks and sticks, was it? <laughs> that old, Allison. Well, I mean, name name a single thing in tech that would have been around in 1958. You know, like a radio. Yeah. Well, I did take I I did take a telephone apart when I was in high school. I remember my dad. Okay. It came down, and I had the telephone disassembled. And he was real excited about that. Mm -hmm, yeah. I bet. Um, he always wanted an engineer, and he had three sons, and each one of them didn't choose engineering, and then mm -hmm. I did. And so I was the favorite child of his, of course, yes. because of that. Um, uh, but I do remember when I was 12 being, uh, he worked for a company called uh, Anko that designed windshield wiper or made windshield wipers. Mm -hmm. That was when we were in Indiana and he hated that job and the boat was far away. Oh, yeah. um, but he took me into his uh, into his office and he showed me this, this uh, huge plotter, a pen plotter. So it literally has a pen that you stick into it and then it would draw and you mm -hmm. coded on, on, you know, a little display, you coded what you wanted it to draw and he drew a T oh, cool. and that's the first thing I can remember going, holy cannoli, that is really nifty. I, I thought that was cool. Um, but I was a mechanical engineer and I was, we did all of our designs on a drafting board with a pencil or a pen, mm. uh, pen on mylar, which is just disgusting, horrible way to, to live. <laughs> you can't erase it. You have to, you have to use a, a, an eraser that, that makes it slick and you can't draw over it. It's just terrible uh. thing. 
but uh, the first CAD system came in and uh, they asked me to go test it and see if this was something that computer aided design. So instead of drawing by mm -hmm. with a pencil, you would draw on the computer. And I really found that I went from the way I like to describe it as I was like a piano player on the uh, on designing things, but mm -hmm. I became a pianist when it came to CAD. So, I mean, I could execute everything I was supposed make to do. Make it sing. Yeah, but I couldn't. <laughs> exactly. That's the words I used to use. I used to, I could make it sing. I could make the computer do whatever I wanted it to do. And uh, that, that's when I kind of started to switch over into a career uh, actually supporting the CAD equipment in our engineering organization. And that's where my career took a, took a big turn. It's really funny that you bring up CAD because I actually have almost a similar story as you, but like hmm. some some decades later that I think I went to one of these um, bring your kids to work day at my dad. My dad's mm -hmm. also an engineer at his okay. office and he showed me that he used CAD to uh, model some things. And now um. I do 3D imaging uh, and and modeling because oh, I just cool. thought that was so cool when I was a kid and like it's part of my job now. And I was just like, wow, it's like the same story. <laughs> it is. It really is. That became really fun. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I, this is sort of how I ended up. I, I'm a tech podcaster. I guess we didn't really. That's talk what about I wanted to yet. say. Thank you. I was going to say, <laughs> when did tech bleed into your like non-work hobby life? Or I guess podcasting is also your job now, but it's podcasting is very in the yeah. middle of, of everything. Yeah, it's halfway between hobby and job. If, yeah. if you had to live on it, you'd be dead by now because you'd starve to death. But yep. um, <laughs> the uh, what I discovered was that I had an overwhelming desire to tell people what I knew about tech. And mm -hmm. being a storyteller by nature, uh, but also I just, I, I think I'm a teacher is what I've, I've come to realize over time is that I really yeah. like to teach people things. And so when podcasting came out, um, my brother Kelly passed away way too young. And uh, mm -hmm. he was the kind of person who would always just tell me, just do stuff, Allison, just do it. Don't stop thinking it all out and just do things. Mm -hmm. And he would do these, he did amazing things in his life. And so when podcasting came out, I was thinking, wow, you know, I could, I could talk into a microphone and tell people stuff I know about, about tech. Yeah. And I could hear him saying, just, yeah, just do it. So I said, that's literally All right. the key to podcasting. Like just press record. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just press record. And plus, especially you don't want to do a good job on your first one. Cause you want to be able to go back and play it later and laugh at it. Cause that's exactly. awesome. You do, you play it on your anniversaries. I know you just, you just hit a one year anniversary. You I should did. play your, your first one just, just so you can hear how bad it is. I, you know, I did recently cause I redid the intro. So I wanted to pick out clips and like, as much as the editing and, and stuff is bad, the content is good. So I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, exactly. I did okay. Like, of course there's room to like improve and, and good well, my thing content there is. was terrible. <laughs> I didn't even end up doing what I said I was going to do on the show. I said, I was going to read you stories that I read in the wall street journal about tech from Walter Mossberg. <laughs> Yeah. And then how long did that last? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know when it switched over, but uh, uh, I did pod fade. Like I heard you mention that you uh, uh, haven't pod faded. You can prove it because you hit a hit a full year. Yeah. Uh, pod, pod fading generally happens around four or five shows in. And after four shows, I stopped. Yeah. And I got a I got a letter from a guy uh, named Neil. He goes by the name Jumbo Shrimp. And he, he wrote to me and he said, where's the podcast? Oh, my God. Like, 
somebody's listening. Yeah, because like, Could- as far as you know, you're talking into a box and no one's hearing you. So why why should you keep going? And it's yeah. only when like the listeners are like, hey, we, we miss you. Come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I, so I thank him every year on the anniversary. Aww. And he said, he said his son thought he was a rock star, you know, when he heard me say his name That's on so the cool. radio, you know, he was because he was in his car playing Yay, on the Jumbo radio. Shrimp. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, his kid's like 40 now, but uh, not really. But uh, anyway, I, I just really enjoyed the outlet of being able to uh, to teach on the podcast. And that's yeah. the big thing that's changed. I didn't realize what it would do to my life to podcast. Um, I did a presentation at MacStoc where I, I did a uh, uh, make your own adventure game for the audience where... Cool. Um, I, I, you started with a, a grid of pictures and you pick one and it'll show you how I got from Allison picked up a microphone to watching a total eclipse in Australia. Okay. Or, and, and there's a direct link or I picked up a microphone and here I am with Rod Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry's son, the, the creator of Star Trek. Uh-huh. You know, how did that happen? And there's all these interesting linkages of how these things came about. Uh, but one of the the big changes was when I decided to do my show live. Um, I do mm-hmm. a live podcast on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And it's it's not the real show. It's me making the show. So yeah. it's me messing up lines and fumbling and, you know, crashing and burning and all kinds of things going wrong and my machine rebooting while I'm doing the recording <laughs> or whatever. But what it gave me was a live audience. Yeah. And they I don't talk to them, but they're texting to me. You're hanging out and, with them. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Community. and they count on me to be there on Sunday nights. And they're not even talking to me half the time. They're talking to each other. But they've yeah. formed friendships. Other podcasts have spawned. Uh, people have become really tight through that that live audience. And that to me was the huge difference is they it was it was people. It was about community. And I I I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, anecdotally, I'm thinking of doing some similar option of making something live because I I do like that community aspect and I want to tap into that, but we'll see yeah. where that goes. Yeah. Um, okay, but wait, wait, wait. You can't you can't just drop a bomb like, uh, oh, I saw this eclipse, and then also uh, Gene Roddenberry. But like, tell me those stories. <laughs> <laughs> so many. So um, through the podcast, I was at, uh, went to uh, used to go to MacWorld, and at MacWorld, I met a guy named Don McAllister who does a video tutorial service called Screencast Online. Mm-hmm. By the way, I also work for Don doing video screencasts for his tutorial service. Right. Uh, got to know Don, and Don, there used to be a, a cruise um, thing called. Um, Ooh, what was it called? Mac something. It was put on by MacWorld, uh, it, but it was basically Mac Geek Cruises. And so gotcha. you would go on a cruise. Uh, the the people who paid for this this part of the the cruise would go on the cruise during the day when it's all boring and you're just like you're at sea for hours and hours and hours. Yep. You would go and take classes from Mac Luminaries. That's such so as my, smart. That's so oh, smart. It was so fun. I mean, I don't, don't want to go play shuffleboard and I don't, yeah, I don't want to gamble. Something. Yeah. And it was, uh, so Don was doing it and Don got me invited to go ahead and do it. Mech Mania, that's what it was called. They should do that for like scientific conferences. Why don't we do that? Uh, I think there's Scientific American conf- uh, does does some and they- Probably be expensive. Yeah. Sky and Telescope does it. So Sky and Telescope and mm. MacMania were on the same cruise. And as, as an instructor, we got to go to their classes Ooh. and our classes. Um, it was horrifically difficult, though. I had to teach eight 
90 minute unique courses. Oh, that's a lot of time. Yeah, it was in November. I started writing them in February. Yeah, and, I had a hard time writing like a 30 minute presentation. I can't imagine 90 and you're teaching like heavy stuff too. Yeah. And I had to tell them what they were a year in advance because they were Oof, selling tickets. Geez. It's like, what's going to be, what am I going to want to talk about in a year on uh, yeah. in, in tech? Especially how, who knows what happens in a year? Exactly. What if it's like not relevant anymore? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Don actually told uh, the guy, uh, Neil, that ran, uh, ran Mac Mania, he said, don't ever do that to any anyone else again. And nine is too many. That is, yeah. that is way, you know, four yeah, especially also tough. if you're a student, like you, you fall asleep at some point in 90 <laughs> minutes, you need a well, lot of bathroom breaks. <laughs> it turned out you don't have to actually talk for 90 minutes. You can talk for about 45, but you get the audience involved and yeah. they, they helped answer questions and stuff. And it was, uh, that was, that was really fun. But that trip, we went to New Caledonia between Australia mm -hmm. and New Caledonia, which are some French owned beachy islands. Mm -hmm. um, there was a total eclipse. So wow. we got to see that. And that turned in, because of that, we ended up seeing one in Chile last year uh, through UCLA. So I think we might be eclipse chasers now. I was just going to say, so you, you, you got the bug and oh, yeah. uh, now you're chasing them. That's you really ever have cool. a chance, don't get close. Don't look at the go, sun. <laughs> go, go to the, but go to the totality. Don't, okay. like 98% of an eclipse is not anything like seeing an eclipse. They're, they're completely different things. It's cool. Yeah, but a but a total eclipse is completely different. The temperature drops like fifteen degrees. Yeah, I I think I've seen one as a kid. Really? I is that possible? I don't. Sure. I, I've definitely yeah. went at school. Yeah, we had a whole eclipse event, and it got cold. That's as much as I, I remember. remember that. We yeah, had the special glasses be. and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You might have. Oh, I, I want to go on like a cool learning cruise now. That sounds really fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sky and Telescope is a fun one. So it's because of them that you saw the eclipse because the, the telescope people were also on your cruise? Yeah, they were intermingled. Okay. And that's that was one of the cool things about doing that one. Uh, but now we're going to go to, uh, with the same group that we went to Chile with, we're going to um, Iceland with Dr. Andrea oh. Gez who is the uh, Nobel Prize winning astrophysicist from UCLA, who is credited with um, proving that we have a supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy. That's awesome. Is she, it, yeah. Didn't she recently win? Yeah, very, very recently. Like, like yeah. this year or last year? Yeah, real recently. And she, um, we got to go to a little thing with a dozen people and she was doing a Zoom, uh, just explaining what her discovery was and what she mm -hmm. did. And she is so good. I was convinced at the end of this that I could do astrophysics. Oh, astrophysics. She's that is really, really, good. really good. Yeah. That's and she's going to go to Antarctica in 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2023. So we're going to go to that too. Oh, Antarctica. So cool. You're so adventurous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so have you always loved traveling? You know, everybody said when you when you retire, you're going to travel, and I said, no, we don't really have any interest in that. Mm -hmm. And immediately we went. We've been going everywhere. We went to <laughs> Peru. Um, we went to, like I said, we went to Chile. We went to India. We went to Nepal. We've wow. been to Dubai. Yeah, Do you have a favorite. I loved India. Yeah. Um, India, the second half of the trip was a week on a little tiny riverboat on the Brahmaputra River. Mm -hmm. And we basically just sat on this very calm river, floating down the river, looking at the scenery go by. And it, it's kind of bleak scenery, actually. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's basically sandbars. 
So okay. they, they come and go. The land just disappears and arrives and disappears and arrives, but there's people living on there. And it was, it was really a beautiful, beautiful trip. It that was and, very relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first week was a lot of racing around from see, you know, see the Taj Mahal and see this and see that mm-hmm. and everything was cool, but it was uh, that was a really, really cool trip. I have so much wanderlust right now, like pent up from being at home for a year that I like, mm. I just keep seeing any picture of like some tropical island and I'm like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. I do really like tropical islands. I am a big fan. Who doesn't? Of it's, it's the Just best. go to Hawaii and snorkel all day. Big yeah. snorkel. Love I grew up snorkel. in Florida and it's, it's hard not living in a tropical climate. I have to say I miss it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I would bet. I would bet. Uh, so... Gene Roddenberry's son. What's that one about? <laughs> okay, so I'm a Mac podcaster. Yeah. Through uh, through Mac World, I met a guy named Adam Christensen, who is the first Mac podcaster. He beat me by I don't know six months in, in starting podcasting. <laughs> but Adam was at a um, uh, at an, a, a sale of a new iPhone call it the iPhone four. I don't know which one it was, but it was way the heck back there. And uh, it was one of the ones where you stand in line, you wait all night and you get to know everybody (laughs) around you. And he's talking away to people. And this guy comes up to him and says, Oh my gosh, I love your podcast. My name's, my name's Rod Roddenberry. Uh, And he's like, um, Uh, well, that's cool. And so he starts talking. (laughs) Yeah. So he starts talking to to Adam and he says, Hey, uh, the, there's a Star Trek movie coming out there, the reboot uh, of um, Mm -hmm. Star Trek. And he said, I'm doing a special showing at Catalina Island off the coast of Los Angeles. And I would like you and all your other, all the other Mac podcasters to come (gasps) as my guests. So cool. Everybody that Adam told the only people who went was me. And Don McAllister flew over from England. Wow. To go Why didn't anyone else go? They're crazy. And Adam didn't even go. He, he lives right here. He's what? right. I mean, yeah, David Sparks didn't go. I don't know what was wrong with him, but we went <sighs> and it was fantastic. We got to meet uh, Nichelle Nichols. And uh, wow. um, yeah, it was it was really cool. The theater in, in Catalina is, is just awful. It's, it's <laughs> like the center channel was out, so you couldn't actually hear the dialogue. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So when when uh, Spock asks uh, O'Hara finally tells Spock her real name, you don't hear it because oh, no. of his speakers at all. But it was such an experience to get to see it with all these people. And I got to interview Rod and yeah. Rod has listened to my podcast too, oh which was just died and gone to heaven. So then I, at Macworld, I used to have a, a party for my, my fans. Uh, they call themselves the No Silla Castaways. And uh, Rod came to the party and he could not have been more gracious. We had a, um, a Mac set up with a, a Skype. I don't know if it's Skype. Anyway, we had a group video chat thing going where people who couldn't be there, like my friend Bart from uh, from Ireland was was on there. And Rod mm-hmm. sat for 45 minutes just talking to those people. Oh, that's so, so nice. So that they got to be have part of the experience and get to talk to him. That's yeah, such he's, a thoughtful he's, thing to do. Yeah, he is a, a tremendous young man. He's a very impressive guy. I really, really like him. So I was going to so, ask Star Trek or Star Wars, but I guess you're a Trekkie. You have Star to be Trek, now. Yeah. 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 yeah sorry. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I would have, uh, I, I would have said that either way, whether I'd met him or not, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of those. Well, it was, it was funny when we got to, uh, Catalina Island. So, uh, my husband, Steve and I and Don were staying at a hotel in Catalina and we realized we don't know what he looks like. So how we, if we walk past him on the, on the street, what's going to happen? So we we brought up his video. Uh, he had a vlog back then. And, uh. and so we got to see what he looked like. Okay, all right. We know what he looks like. And we walked out of the hotel and we were standing on the corner and chatting when I heard someone say, 
oh my gosh, that's so weird to hear your voice outside of my headphones. And yep. it was Rod. It's just like, I didn't go like, wait, you listen to me? <laughs> yeah, best day, best day ever. It's really, really It definitely fun. is weird to meet podcasters in person. It's a very strange, like, uh, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> well, a lot of people say, man, you talk slow. Really? Because they listen at 2x. They listen at 2.2. <laughs> oh, that should be illegal. I <laughs> I don't know. There's too much cool podcasts. They got to, they got to sure, get it There's all a lot. In. There's a lot. I don't do it. Uh, I do the, uh, get rid of silences thing in overcast. Mm -hmm. So I get rid of dead space, but I don't want to speed up what people say. I can't listen that fast. I have to pay attention. <laughs> so I'm pretty curious about, because you're, you're so into tech still now, I wonder what, what has been your favorite piece of tech across time, but, but also like, how, what were things like back in the day? Because my audience, I, I like to give them an image of like, what would it, what was it like back? You know, we weren't here. So like you didn't have yeah. a smartphone and high speed internet, I assume. So how, how did things go? Well, there, there's one fun story when I uh, uh, was pregnant with my daughter, Lindsay. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I took four weeks off before the baby was born. And then it was going to be, that's going to be really dull. What am I going to do? Just sitting around the house for four weeks. That's, that's way too long. So I convinced my boss to let me bring um, the CAD system home to my house. Oh, cool. And, uh, and so it was a Tektronix 4107 terminal. And I had a 14.4 uh, baud, uh, is it kilobaud modem? So this is just like, you know, you could type a character at a time kind of thing. And I tested the, what I was doing was testing the latest version of the software, but before gotcha. we we're going to deploy it uh, across the board. Um, and, you know, it was painfully, painfully slow, but that was really fun. Did it feel slow for the time? Or did it feel No, fast? it felt magical. Right? <laughs> it was magical. Because it it's magical. faster than like doing it by hand or whatever anyway, so. Yeah, well, and I was testing the software, so that that was the only way you could do it. But um, an, another big moment like that was uh, there was a program called CUC Me, which was out of uh, Cornell University. The CU was from Cornell. And it was uh, the first video chatting thing you could do. Ooh, and, when was this approximately? Oh, I'm terrible at that. Just I, like a decade. 1990s? I don't know. Yeah, okay, 90s. Well, I could still be off by 10 years. I, I'm really, really bad at 80s, that, but 90s. probably 90s. Probably Ish. 90s. Yeah, my, <laughs> I think my daughter was born. She was born in 87, so yeah, early okay. 90s maybe. Um, and I remember our buddy Ron lives uh, a mile and a half away, and we spent, oh, a good three and a half hours getting this thing to work. And when we were done, it was like, uh, it was maybe a one inch square, you know, 30 pixels across probably black and white uh, screen that we could see him and we could hear him. And that was the video. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm not a, yeah. If you look up, see, you see me, you can see what it looked like. Uh -huh. It's, it's pretty brutal, but uh, I'm not a visionary, but that was one time where I looked at it and went, this is going to be amazing. Not for what it was, but for what it was going to be. Yeah. So, so before then, there was no video chatting, nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. It looks just like this little black and white square with a very Windows 95 interface looking. 
Yeah, it's like like Soviet era yeah. <laughs> kind of interface there. Yeah, um, I don't know that there wasn't any video. You know, there was there was probably corporate sort of things getting some. started and that kind of thing. <laughs> sure, sure. But for the home user, that was a it was a free way to do that. And of course, it Im immediately it reverted to porn. Oh and, well, yeah, know, people because you could go into chat rooms and just meet people. Um, but uh, I love to think back to that because now I'm doing it with you right now. You and I have never yeah. met in person and yet we're clearly friends. Yeah. We know each other, you know, we, we're, we, we would hug if we met Absolutely. in person. Well, now that under it's okay. certain circumstances. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now it's okay. Um, but but I could see this future at the time. You know, I was talking to my buddy Bart from uh -huh. Ireland. I've, I've talked to my buddy Bart in Ireland and uh, my friend Alistair Jenks in New Zealand on the same day, yeah. you know, just gone back and forth talking in video chat with them. And that's just, it was mind blowing to see that. But as far as visionary, I I really, really am not a visionary. <laughs> when I got that, we got our first uh, Mac, uh, was the second Mac, the 128K Mac was the first okay. one. We got the 512K Mac, uh, which was, you know, that was amazing. Did a lot of other people had computers at that time? No. no. So you were really like cutting edge and you got like a fancy new machine. Oh, yeah, Did you have yeah. neighbors come over to like check out your new Mac? <laughs> Um, well, we had gone to other neighbors who had bought them, and and so uh, we were mm -hmm. we were not the first of our friends, but but definitely on the forefront. But here's this little nine inch black and white screen, and I remember hearing somebody talk about how they needed to make the screen bigger and it needed to be color. And I said, why would you ever need a bigger screen? Why would you need color? Why did you think that? Because I was just yeah, I was like, just I don't typing. Color it. typing. It was it was word processing, you know. And I and I could mm -hmm. draw with Mac Draw, but drafting yeah. was black and white to me you know there was no 3d modeling fair. or that's anything fair. like that you know um because <laughs> i'm not a visionary you know I, I love to listen to um alex Lindsay, uh he from the pixel core he he thinks of these things like when he's cooking an omelet he thinks why don't i have a smart oh. pan why don't i have a pan that's going to going to make the pan be the right temperature all the way across it and tell that's me when it's smart. accurately yeah cooked. let's do that <laughs> yeah, I would never think of anything like that in my wildest dreams. I, I just don't I just don't think ahead like that. I, I I've been on the Daily Tech News show yeah. uh, prediction shows a few times. It's they just, don't work out. <laughs> no. The only thing I do predict every time uh Tom likes to make jokes about it is that I don't believe in VR. Uh-huh. And his joke is Allison, it does exist. Yeah, but it's still kind of janky. Right. So the thing I love to bring up is um, Stuart Chaffee mm -hmm. did a show called The Computer Chronicles in the 1980s. It is a fascinating show. You can find it on um, the uh, archive.org. Okay. Uh, you can watch all of the episodes. But what's fascinating about it is you, you would think you would go back and look at this 80s tech and you would laugh. But he is so intelligent and so understanding of what something means. Mm -hmm. Like he shows the first networking, you know, putting plugging two computers together, yeah. and he sees what that future would mean. So his his commentary is is fascinating because he was such a visionary. Um, but he did one where he was it wasn't CES, it was some other trade show, but he showed virtual reality, and the person puts on the helmet and it's comically large, like you know, a Star the, Wars blast helmet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a Star Wars helmet, and I, I think it was probably hard linked to something. And then, I, and then the 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 visuals were were you know, you know, bad geometry. You know, it was it was really really low tech visuals. But if you close your eyes and listen to every single thing they said about it, it's what everyone is saying today. Yeah, it's too heavy. 
the the angle of view isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. We've got to get the audio better synced with the video. The video needs to be higher resolution. We have to be able to support this without without it being linked to a computer. Yeah. Every single thing is what they're still saying today. And they're still working so on I that. think we may get there, but the trajectory is barely linear. Yeah. You know, it's not most things in tech end up going up, uh, you know, exponentially. exponentially, just barely linear. I mean, it's just not gone anywhere. I think my now, version is that AR, I'm not so down on, by the way, just VR augmented reality, augmented reality, like where you get an overlay over something Pokemon go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. My version of this one thing that I think never evolves is um, 3d movies. Oh, thank goodness. It's, it's not good. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, I haven't seen one where I'm like, yeah, that made a significant difference. And that movie was much better because it's 3D. And I always walk out of there with a headache. I, think I, I don't stopped, know though. when they're going to make I, it No, better. I think they gave up. I don't think they're doing it. Like you don't buy 3D TVs anymore. I guess anymore. just like IMAX and that's yeah. it. Yeah, every once in a while you get one. I don't know. I haven't been to the theaters in forever, but I feel like before the pandemic, there was always like, it's always 3D. Like all the Marvel ones were coming out in really? 3D. Oh, huh. Maybe they'll just combine VR or, or I not won't do not it. do it. I, just... I just want it to be dead. Just <laughs> stop it. Go, go work on something more valuable. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more story that you wrote down about an airport in Sonoma. Oh, yeah. Oh, you learned to be a grandma. Yeah. Since this is a, a, a you know, a show about grandmas. Yeah. Which you are, I right? I have three and a half grandchildren, uh, getting the fourth one uh, given to me in October. <laughs> um, the uh, the, the story is really simple. I was uh, up in Sonoma and uh, had gone to the Twit Studios and things to meet people. And uh, I was at the airport and there was a, an older woman walking with her pinky held by a tiny little toddler. And the toddler was Aww. walking her around in circles. And she saw me watching her and she looked at me and she said something I'll never forget. She said, it's like falling in love all over again. Oh, that's so sweet. It's so true. It's so true. You know, yeah. my grandson, the, the sun rises and sets on his little pumpkin head. And then I had these two granddaughters and I didn't think I could love as much as I loved him because he was amazing. You know, he's just, but mm -hmm. they're both amazing and I love them and I, I, I'd give my life for them in a heartbeat. So it, it is like falling in love all over again. That's a really nice thing to look forward to. Yeah, I, yeah, I highly recommend it. I, another recommendation, <laughs> live close enough you can visit, but not so close that you get stuck babysitting. Yeah, that's a good point. You don't want to babysit while they go to work every day or anything like that. I don't. <laughs> you get to be the fun grandma who brings presents on the holidays. <laughs> <clears throat> well, that kind of brings me to my final question that I like to ask everyone, and I think you already know what it is, but uh, what is your advice for my generation that you've accumulated? You know, I think the, my mother was uh, a, a really, really interesting person. She was flawed like anybody else, mm -hmm. but she had a lot of really great sayings. And, and one of my really liked was uh, you got to laugh because we're too old to cry. Okay. And, and she, she looked at everything with a sense of humor and, um, you know, she was the one, if the sprinklers were on, she would run through them. Uh, you know, she would, uh, she would. And, and when I do things like that, I always tell my kids that's because of Mimir, my mother, that, that that's why I would do that mm -hmm. because it's just, I mean, have fun. I, I tried to get her to tell me about, you know, what was it like when my father was in world war two? Mm -hmm. And she said, why would I want to talk about that? Yeah. Just terrible time. I don't want to talk about times. that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's denial, but I, I actually have very few stories of what it was like. The only story I do have is a tech story. I remember she complained about uh, military spouses that they're so spoiled that they can have a Skype conversation <laughs> with their spouse when they're in Afghanistan. Man, when I was, when my husband was in Back the war, in you know, my day. weeks for a letter, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'd be jealous too, to be fair, because if you had to wait weeks and you didn't know if that letter was coming, uh, that that seems like that would put some some ages, some years on you, because that sounds very oh, yeah. stressful and I would not want to live through that either. No, no. So uh, anyway, her her mantra of... Uh, you got to laugh because you're too old to cry, I think is, is a, a good, good way to live. I like that. You know, every person I've asked, they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice. And every time they hit the nail on the head and they give amazing <laughs> advice. And I'm like, you know, you know. <laughs> well, I stole mine from my mom. So. Oh, that's okay. You can pass it down. That's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the real answer. Yeah. Yeah. Pass it down. Just pass pass your advice down. That's what I'm here for. I'm relaying it to everyone else. All of these uh, sort of fictitious grandchildren of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and speaking of the internet, where can everyone find you and all of the amazing tech things that you do? Well, my website is podfeet.com, poorly named for any search engine optimization. Um, my husband says I have feet like pods, so it's podfeet.com. <laughs> I, I got a cool logo, so that, yeah. that's good. But yeah, you can find all of my podcasts, the NoSilicast, my main flagship show. I do a show called uh, Programming by Stealth with Bart Blue Shots from Ireland. I do a show called Chit Chat Across Upon Light, where I inter uh, interview interesting people in tech. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Podfeet. Awesome. And I think everyone should go and do that right away. They Thank totally you so should. much for coming on again. I, I, I love hanging out with you. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah, I love having new friends. This is awesome. Thanks, Nikki. All right, friends. And that was Allison Sheridan. And go ahead and follow uh, all the links that she just gave you there. And you can find out about when the next podcast drop happens. Hopefully next month I will be on time on the 14th. Uh, over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, stories your granny never told. And I will try to stream my editing session next month as well as I did this time. And I had some nice listeners tune in. Um, and also I post pictures of the guests on the website and on the Instagram sometimes. So if you want to see some of the black and white pictures from when they were kids, from when they were kids and you want to like have an idea of the person that's talking in your mind, you can go and check those out. I believe there are also transcripts and all the fun things like that over there. You can support this podcast by subscribing to our Patreon, and you'll also get an ad-free version over there, and also it just makes me happy, so it's a triple bonus. And otherwise, I would just like to tell everyone to stay safe, stay cool, and keep your feet dry. The people over in Europe and stay vaccinated, and I'll see you next month. Don't look at the sun.